Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Green Pole Podcast. Uh, we're going to be going through another Tony Khan summer transfer window, reviewing the comings, the goings, the temporaries and more. To go through this, I'm joined by uh, Alan Druitt. How are you, Alan? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I mean, it's another whirlwind summer has uh, come and gone. I don't know where we lose them to. Um, and the window shut. So <laughs> finally, we're stuck till January. I think it, it goes quicker because we always leave our dealings until late on in the window. And it's just, you just w- waste your life away waiting for transfers and then they all come at once. <laughs> like London buses is a Tony Khan transfer window. Or wrestlers. Or wrestlers in the <laughs> ring in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> or wrestlers. I hope there's no spoilers. I think they had a big show. It was like the AEW WrestleMania yesterday. So I might give that a watch. No spoilers though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be watching. Sorry, Frankie. So <laughs> I don't think many people will. Uh, <laughs> so um, our transfer window started. Uh, obviously, as soon as we got promoted, uh, we can start getting in touch with uh, people, players. But our first signing wasn't until the 4th of July. We signed Jao Polinia on a uh, 17.2 million. All of these figures, by the way, are via Alan Rutzler of the... Alan Rutzler, Peter Rutzler of the, uh, of the <laughs> Athletic Podcast. Um, so yeah, Paulini's joined on a 17.2 million pounds deal. Uh, he was on a contract for five years with an option. So he's contracted to Fulham until the age of 32. Obviously we've seen a few games of him so far. He's already a Fulham, a bit of a Fulham folklore legend a little bit at the moment. So Alan, talk me through the signing. Good deal, value for money. What are your thoughts? I feel a bit horrible. I feel like we robbed him a little bit. <laughs> you've seen you've seen him play six games, and as you said, he's become a fan favorite really quickly. Um, and you already know if we, you know, there'll be a time where we have to sell him, um, and we're going to get at least double that. I, yeah. you know, plus the contract he's on, so they have to pay out that. But I just think the value of Paulinho, it's nowhere near seventeen point two million. So whoever, you know, got that deal in place, I take my hat off to you because um, that's very good business. It is, it is. And it was. it's interesting, like, thinking back to that time where it was nearly William Carvalho from Betis, it was nearly Al Masrati from Braga. And we somehow, out of nowhere, managed to poach Paulinho from seemingly Wolves' grasps. And it's looking like a godsend so far. It really feels like he's going to be the one that is a big factor in us staying up in the Premier League. Yeah, and Wolves went and signed, was it Nunes, for like yeah. 42 million? Yeah, I, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about Nunes, but I know who I'd rather have in my team, and especially for the amount that we both spent on those players. Yeah. Um, we've definitely done the right thing. Yeah, in the current market, Paulinho is looking like a snip so far. Um, and he's only just turned 27 as well. We signed him at 26. I know that all, all is, means very little grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, we've got him down till 32, which is a mouthwatering proposition uh, but moving on our next signing came about a week later uh, signing Andreas Pereira from Manchester United for eight million pounds rising to 10 26 uh, year old Brazilian attacking midfielder familiar to many from his time at United he's had loan spells at Napoli uh, was it Napoli oh, uh, I feel very um, unprepared yeah. I know he was in Italy <laughs> um, and he just recently come from a spell in Brazil um, and it, it got some question marks, the Pereira deal uh, at the time. But I think he's showing a, a, a bit of a decent deal as well. He's playing quite well so far. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree, especially for the amount we paid for him as well. You know, when, we, when it was first announced, you checked Man United's Twitter 
feed. All my United fans were saying that we're driving there ourselves. Um, so I've, I, you know, I wasn't going to make an assumption on how good or how bad he was as a footballer because I'm going to be honest, I didn't see much of him play. Um, but no, I've I've been really impressed with him. I think he links up with Mitrovic quite well. He has that flair that Silver obviously likes in a midfielder. I think he connects the midfield and Mitrovic quite well together. Um, yeah. And I know a few fans of I think I discussed this in the uh, the Tottenham preview that a few fans were a bit critical of his end product, which I can sort of see, but I think it's still too soon to judge him harshly on that. Um, but I do think he will come good. Yeah, I mean, you make the point, the more you play with your teammates, you know what sort of runs they're going to make, how quickly they can get there. It's, it's, it's very common that it will take some time for those sort of through balls to to find their actual their actual match by the end. But yeah, so much for a pre-season Perlo. He's looking, he's looking pretty tasty. His set uh, pieces are brilliant as well. They're always pinpoint. I don't think he's put a bad set piece in yet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember Charlie Adam being quoted as he's worth 10 mil for his, uh, for his corner kicks alone. I think Pereira's falling <laughs> down that same sort of line. He's been superb just on the dead balls. Yeah. We have no 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 complaints about him yet. Um, not from me anyway. So, yeah, I find it interesting that so far, I mean, we've only gone through the first two, but they're both in that sort of twenty six, twenty seven range, and we've got contracts until their early thirties. So we're kind of banking on them entering their sort of peak years um, for a potential sell on, I guess maybe. But uh, we're not signing like young promising players we're signing players that have played some football and now ready to ready to kick on a little bit um that's important though isn't it i think yeah. especially for us now lessons have been learned i well i think now looking back lessons have been learned and we have someone in charge of the team that knows what they're doing um unlike our previous attempt in the premier league so. <laughs> and, and knows what he wants as well i mean already out of the bunch of signings so far we're touching on the two that have been that came in first and have had had game time first but you can tell exactly their role in the team and what Marco Silva wants them to do and how they fit in with it all and it feels like the first time in a long time that that's been the case yeah and you can tell that Marco Silva signings they're not signings from the board from anyone else they're the players that he's identified they're the players he wants and I think we can all see straight away that they've come in and they fit the ground running, to be fair. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with the two of them. Yeah, moving on, and it feels a bit unfortunate that we had such a prolonged saga with Manor Solomon. But uh, he signed on a one-year deal on the 25th of July. Uh, obviously, that was a whole chaos thing with FIFA and, and Ukraine and Russia. And who knows what, what happened there? He was on tour with us. He was pictured with us, but he couldn't play. He wasn't announced. Uh, 23-year-old Israeli international winger who we only saw for, what, 10, 20 minutes against Liverpool. Um, and it's a mm. shame that he has got injured because it was looking like a decent bit of business. But I don't know what, what thoughts you have have on it. I don't know what there is to take at this point. It is difficult. Um, I think for the second goal against Liverpool, he's, he's the one that plays the ball over the top for Mitrovic to run onto. And then he then sort of takes Van Dijk to school, goes past him and, yeah, wins the penalty. But... He was one signing that once we got announced that we were sort of after him, I think in April, May time, yeah. I did do my research um, and I was excited about him. He, I don't want to use an expression, but he looked a bit like Eden Hazard 
certain traits he had. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm quite gutted that he got injured because I feel he could have been an important player for us. But hopefully, I think there was a picture on Instagram the other day. His knee's still in a brace. Okay. Um, so I think if we can see him before the World Cup, I'd be surprised. Um, but he's when he comes back, he's going to feel like an, a new signing again. <laughs> but yeah. ho- hopefully, we'll uh, we we won't miss him as much as we first feared. Yeah, I think one thing that would have been ideal about him is he seems to be a ball carrier. And that's something we've kind of missed from these opening games. Someone that can take it on like the 30-yard line and just drive it up the pitch and maybe win a throw-in deep into opposition territory and just sort of play the territory game a little bit. Um, So, yeah, it's a shame that he did get injured. Um, Obviously, after so long, it was such an early... It seemed to be as soon as we got promoted, not even win the title, as soon as promotion was confirmed, it was like Fulham on Solomon. And we had this whole saga for all these months, uh, only for it to be ended as soon as it starts. That just sums Fulham up though, doesn't it? It sums us up sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So our next signing was then uh, Kevin Mbabu from Wolfsburg, a Swiss international right back, uh, 27 years old, again in that sort of money mid-20s range. Uh, Played for Newcastle for four years uh, when he was younger. Uh, he signed for three years with a club option. So again, taking him to that early 30s range. Uh, that's apparently 4.7 million, rising to about 6.4. Um, so far, he's already had that contribution with that cross to Mitrovic in the dying moments against Brentford, which I would say is worth 4.7 million alone. Um, but yeah, tell me what you've made of uh, Mbabu and what you think of the signing so far in total. He started off all right. Um, he got the assist, even the Villarreal friendly, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then he got the assist, as you said, for the Mitrovic winner against Brentford. I was really Im- impressed by him at the start. Um, but his last couple of appearances got me slightly worried, especially against Tottenham. Yes, I know he was out of position, but he was refusing to keep the ball with his left foot. And he, <laughs> just, he just looked so uncomfortable on Saturday. Um, as long as he doesn't have to play left back again, I do think for the price we paid for him, I think we've got a good deal because what's 4.7 in today's money? It's not a lot, is it? It's not. No. Um, and he does provide good backup for Tete. Um, I don't think Tete's in any danger of losing his position because I think Tete's been outstanding yes, this season yeah. so far. Um, but no, um, as I said, as long as we don't have to see Mbappé playing left back, I think he will have a solid season when he's when he's called upon. Yeah, I felt for him a little bit against Tottenham because it's it's quite clear to see that he's especially from the two assists, his strengths are in bombing forward, skinning his opposition fullback and getting crosses in the box. It's quite difficult to do as a as a yeah. right-back playing left-back. So uh, it, he may do, uh, but yeah, hopefully we don't have to see him at left-back for, for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until Saturday comes around and he's playing left-back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um <laughs> So yeah, moving on to uh, Shane Duffy. This was uh, this was an interesting one. It seemed to all happen very quickly before the season started. Uh, it's a season-long loan, uh, finalised on the 5th of August without an option as his Brighton contract is up in the summer. Um, a different profile to what we tend to go for. And I think we've seen this with a few of these signings that we'll come to. I mean, he's 30 years old. We've long heard about the... <laughs> Tony doesn't want to sign anyone over the age of 28. But Shane Duffy was a, a big experience, old school centre half. He was just a different profile than what we tend to tend to sign 
Uh, he's got 55 international caps for the Republic of Ireland, over 100 Premier League games, over 130 championship games. Um, so, yeah, tell me what you think about the signing of Shane Duffy and what he's going to offer the side. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely lessons lessons learned again, which I'm happy about because, as you said, he's he's older than 28. He does bring a wealth of Premier League experience as well as international experience. So he's been a good defender for Brighton. Uh, I know he had a, a short loan spell at Celtic where he didn't do too well, but I think he had a lot of issues up in, in Glasgow anyway. Um, so I don't actually think he settled quite well there. So I'm happy to look past that. He w- I think he will be more of a a player called upon when needed. I, I can't see him starting many games, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, we've not paid anything for him. And yeah. I do think he will provide good cover for when we need it. But no, I, you know, it's it's a low risk, low reward sort of thing. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, it sort of felt like needs must. It was clear that I think in the days before we did sign Shane Duffy, we were flirting with uh, Vestergaard from Leicester for a little bit. It was a similar mm. sort, an absolute unit, like physically imposing, not the quickest, but he's going to win the ball in the air. Um, so it felt like needs must. It was maybe Marco Silva going like, we, we need this unit at the back. Uh, and he's already had a couple of last-minute run-outs with Shane Duffy, but we're yet to see anything more substantial. And I think that will kind of be the vibe for his Fulham career this season. I'd be surprised if he starts many fixtures. Yeah. Um, especially when we come up later to another centre-half that we signed. Um, but moving on to Bernd Leno. He signed on the 2nd of August. Again, this was a bit protracted negotiations. Arsenal seemed to want a certain amount. Fulham wanted a certain amount, but the player wanted Fulham. Arsenal wanted him gone. <laughs> I don't I don't quite know where those negotiations stood whatsoever. Uh, but apparently it was three million in the end, up to eight million pounds based on uh, add-ons. German international keeper from Arsenal. Uh, likely has more caps for Germany, if not for Manuel Neuer. He's got near 500 career appearances for over across Arsenal and Bayern Leverkusen before then. Again, another 30-year-old on a three-year contract with a club option. Not too concerned about the length of that contract with a goalkeeper. Um, but already he's looking like a bargain. Yeah. And again, for three million, I feel like we've we've robbed Arsenal a little bit. Even in the first six games, you've seen how important he's been. Well, not he's not played six games, but at the start of the season, you can tell how important he has been. Um, but three million rising to eight. Look, if, if, if we pay the full eight million, it shows we've stayed up and it shows, you know, we've competed in the Premier League for more than one season. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we do pay the full eight million. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, but no, I, I have no complaints with Leno signing. And I think it did take a lot of people by surprise. The fact someone of the calibre of Leno. And to be fair, we've, we've always been quite fortunate with the goalkeepers we've had since we've been in the Premier League. You know, that goes back to 2001 with Van der Sar and we've had Schwarzer, we've had Ariola, who was now at West Ham and is a phenomenal goalkeeper. But I do think Leno now has come to a club where he will feel appreciated. He will feel loved. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping he can have a good season. And a good goalkeeper alone for us is worth six to ten points over the course of a season. Yeah, I think we've already seen, like the Tottenham game could have been much worse if not for not for Bird Leno. Uh, yeah. He's going to keep us in games and that's that's what you pay for. Um, and we've barely paid anything in the current market and value. <laughs> so um, yeah, really quite happy with this signing. And yeah, I think he's going to be worth points alone. Uh, I'd be happy with the eight million now, let alone three, with it potentially being eight mil. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, moving on to Issa Diop, uh, he signed for 15 million on the 10th of August from West Ham. So the season had begun. Um, it was start of the late signings. We, we had a very weak squad at the start of the year. Um, it was a French youth international, uh, yet to play for uh, the senior team for France. A 25-year-old centre-back, imposing, uh, six foot four, I believe. He's athletic. He's very modern centre-half. Uh, I found it interesting that I remember that he was uh, linked with Fulham quite heavily when he was leaving Toulouse in 2018. So he's obviously someone that Tony Khan and the club in general is a fan of. Uh, he signed a five-year deal, taking him to 30 years old. But obviously, we've not seen much of Issa Diop, at least in the Premier League yet. So, um, but what do you think about the deal in, in general? I was excited about it when we were first linked with him. Um, well, this summer. Uh, obviously, we needed defenders. But I did, I did think he's an upgrade of what we had in terms of Timmering. I do think that as the season goes on, he may that he was bought to play in the first team. And yeah. I do think he will get there eventually, whether that's for Reem or Tossin, you know, while it's working, we can't change it. Um, but I do expect him to to come into the team. And as a centre-back at 25, your best years are still ahead of you. Yeah. So hopefully we've got him now at the stage of his career where he's only going to improve. He's only going to get better. And I do think once he does get into that first team, probably next to Tossin, we will see just how good he can be. Because I think I mentioned before the the Brentford um, the Brentford game that Mourinho was a big a big admirer of him. Yeah. Um, so you know if Mourinho is a big admirer of him, he, he can't be he can't be bad. But no, I think for fifteen million again, it's it's actually good money. It may prove to be good money. Yeah. Um, but I'm remaining positive that it will be a good signing. Yeah, lots of Premier League experience as well already. And he's had good moments in the Premier League. It's not like he's been a bit of a mess and West Ham have just wanted to get rid of him. Like He's had really strong moments. He's just had a fall-off year a little bit, which is, I'm happy to take the punt on that based on the fact that at a younger age, he was playing quite well. So I'm happy to Mm. see, especially when you have a manager like um, Marco Silva, who can bring the best out of players. And we've seen that players just improve year on year. We've seen the best football out of Anthony Robinson, best football out of uh, Tim Ream as well. Cabano and Bobby Decker, Reed are playing their best football. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm quite excited to see what Diop can offer the side when he does come in. Because I think you hint at at 15 million, Fulham can't afford to have 15 million players on the bench at this point. but what I found interesting when I was going through the signings we've made so far is it was Diop on the 10th of August and then nothing until deadline day. We just had this weird sort of two, three week spell of just nothing happening. Um, so we're going through a bit of a flurry of all the uh, deadline day signings here. Um, so Carlos Vinicius uh, signed for 4.3 million um, on a three year deal with a club option. Uh, again, 27 years old. His contract's going to be up when he's 31. Uh, he cancelled a two-year loan at PSG to sign from Benfica. And he had a previous loan deal with Spurs under under Jose Mourinho. I can't believe he's had two mentions on this pod already. <laughs> um, he had uh, he was in. I found it interesting that he's going to be playing the same role at Fulham as he did at Spurs. Everyone knows Mitrovic is the starting nine. Um, and everyone knew at Spurs that Harry Kane was the starting nine. And it's a bit of a weird position for a club to deal with. Because uh, you want a, you want strength and depth of a striker, but you want strength and depth of someone that is also happy to <laughs> to sit on the bench for most of the games. But he scored one in nine Premier League appearances. He's one goal coming at Aston Villa. 
Uh, 10 in 22 in all games for, in that spell at Spurs. Uh, a famous hat trick against Marine where he gave it the big end against <laughs> non-league sides. Uh, and a few in the Europa League as well. But his ultimate record in the Premier League and Europa League was seven goals, three assists in eight starts with 10 substitute appearances in there. So it's a decent record for the amount of games he's played. Um, but what did you think of the Venetius deal? It came a bit out of the blue for me. Um, it did. It was a bit like the Duffy signing, wasn't it? Yes, we was linked with him and he was signed in a few hours. Yeah, Um. it had that vibe about it. There's another one later that was very similar, but we'll we'll stick with Vinicius. (laughs) But, you know, as you said, we need a striker that's going to play, that's happy to play second fiddle to to Mitrovic. He's done that role at Tottenham. I think if you speak to a few Tottenham fans, they don't speak very highly of him, which may be a bit harsh because he didn't play much. But he's sort of an upgrade on Mooney's where he is at the moment. Yeah. So I think, again, he's another one that I don't think we're going to see much of unless we need a goal um, or we've got a, an FA Cup tie against a lower league opposition. He'll he'll come in. But obviously, Mitrovic, he, we need to wrap him up in cotton wool. Uh, God yeah. forbid he gets an injury. I think Vinicius is a good enough replacement to score goals at up top. Um, but no, I think, again, for 4.3 million, can you grumble that much that you know he he will do a job he's got Premier League experience he's played with the likes of Harry Kane son he knows the Premier League um and again I do feel that this is probably more of a silver signing than a a Tony Khan signing yeah I mean you hint on uh on Rodrigo Muniz and I'm at the ultimate plan is he's the long-term replacement for Alexander Mitrovic I know Mitrovic is only 28 but Muniz is 21 so you hope that when Mitrovic enters his 30s, Muniz is now entering his his mid-20s and he's becoming that sort of replacement in a dream world. That's that's where we like to see where development is linear like that. But uh, Vinicius is a good sort of bridge for that gap in between the two. Uh, It allows Muniz to go out on loan uh, as he has to Middlesbrough. We'll get to all of them later. Um, but yeah, it seems like it was a decent deal and it's going to serve its purpose. I mean, again, for 4 million... Can you really go wrong? I'm not sure you can. No, not for four million, especially in this, you know, the market nowadays. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. We've signed so many sort of sub ten million pound players that is kind of rare in the in the Premier League these days. Sort of the standard seems to be ten mil. I remember when ten mil was you were splashing out in the summer. When we signed <laughs> Andy Johnson, it was like, oh, it's going to be a good season, boys. We're spending all the money, but now ten million's nothing. Um, so yeah, we, I think we've done some really good business on the amount of spent on players. Yeah. Um, but another sort of quick, quick move from link to medical to completion was Dan James from from Leeds. It's a straight loan move. There's no option on it. He's had just the one full season at Leeds uh, since moving from Man United, which I found interesting. Obviously, Marcelo Bielsa was part of the. Uh, coaching staff when he was brought into Leeds and Jesse Marsh must obviously not be that much of a fan, even though he's started in all four games for Leeds so far. Uh, he's uh, 24 years old, bags of pace. He was actually Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first signing for Man United. Uh, he's got 10 in three seasons at nearly 100 games. Uh, Welsh international, Europa League runner-up. So he's got some decent pedigree already for such a young age. Uh, I think it's his pace that is the biggest... Uh, the biggest contribution he's going to make to Fulham. But what did you find at the loan mill? Uh, loan mill? Loan deal? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, 
I think it's what it's one again that come out of the blue. Now it'd be interesting to see if if we'd have got um, Cliver over the line, whether James would have come. I think it was. I don't know how long we'd been interested in James. I don't know if Cliver deal breaking down was a result of us then going right. We need another winger. But I think with Daniel James, you have someone which can play out on the wing, but can also play through the middle if we need him to. Um, Daniel James, he, when he was at Swansea, he would, I remember watching the Leeds all or nothing thing. And he was actually, he spent deadline day at Leeds' training ground, took pictures in his top, you know, done everything. But Swansea pulled out late on. Then he eventually signed for United. Yeah. But it's funny, like you mentioned he's 24. To me, he seems to have been around for years. Yeah. Again, 24 is no age at all. Um, and I think a lot of Leeds fans now, I don't know if you check Twitter, but they're all really gutted that he's actually left. So he come on Saturday, he, you know, you can tell he's just rapid. And I do think that this could be, alongside Paulinia, probably one of the signings of the season. Yeah, I think I, I really enjoy what he, he offers us tactically as well. One thing we've missed since Harry Wilson was injured is that sort of clip ball that Seri would play into Harry Wilson or toss in from the back. And all it is is Harry Wilson just peeling off and running down the line. Uh, and it just offers that other tactical feature of the team that keeps opposition defenders guessing. It let, get, lets us get in behind opposition defences. And I think where everyone is, Fulham probably don't have Harry Wilson and Manor Solomon until the World Cup. And for Daniel James, it's, a, it's an opportunity to then get all of those minutes that the other two would have uh, received before he goes off to Qatar with Wales. So I think it's a... It's a good signing for all parties. Yeah, and I don't think he would have joined if he wasn't promised first-team football. So yeah. I can't see him playing second fiddle to Bobby Reid or Cabana against Chelsea. I, I expect him to be in a starting lineup. Um, but I think Harry Wilson hopefully won't be too too far away. I heard rumours he may be back for Newcastle, I think he's aiming for. Okay. It's only well, beginning of October, so touch wood, that's correct. Um, but no, you know, Daniel James comes, he gets first-team football. And yeah, hopefully he can um, he can do well for us. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we move on to then a, a left back on deadline day, Lavin Kazawa. Still not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> uh, it was a straight loan uh, for the now 30-year-old left back from PSG. Uh, he played once for PSG last season, but the previous six, he was averaging sort of 20 appearances a season, mid-20s. Um, after joining from Monaco for an apparent 23 million euros. Uh, he was in the league uh, team of the year as a young player at Monaco. Um, so he's got strong pedigrees, won four French titles. He was a French international, but no caps since 2019. I don't quite know how he's, uh, how he's fallen off to come from a rotational left back to nowhere near the team. Um, but it was an interesting pickup. I know we flirted with Sergio Reggi on for a, for a period, but... The way Robinson's performed, I'm not too bothered about our backup left-backs. But what do you think about Kazala? Do you know anything about him from his time for France? Not particularly. Um, but one thing I found out very quickly is, I could be wrong here, um, he's the only defender to score a hat-trick in the Champions League. <laughs> I really hope that's true. Um, I'm pretty sure whoever interviewed him uh, when he signed for Fulham gave him that stat. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that, that what I heard was correct. He is the only defender to score a hat-trick in the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, for him to fall off as much as he has, it's slightly worrying. But again, it's a loan. It's back up. But hopefully he stays as back up. And 
he could, and again, how long is it going to take for him to get up to speed? We're obviously going to need him on Saturday if Robinson is injured, because as we mentioned earlier, we don't want Mbappé playing there again. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, he's obviously got pedigree. He's got good experience. He's trained alongside of Mbappé, Messi, so he can't be bad. So fingers crossed. Again, he comes good. I think, yeah, I think that's the disappointing thing. Like, it's all well and good signing someone from PSG, but when we need them on Saturday and they've not played a full ninety for for over a year, then um, yeah, it's a, it's a little concerning that we've now got to get them up to match speed and match fitness. Um, but I'm conscious of times, we'll move on to our final of the eleven players that have uh, signed for Fulham this summer, and it was William on a free. Uh, I don't think anyone would have expected that with uh, back in. Back in May when we won the championship title that we'd be seeing William return to London. But it felt like a bit of an opportunity knock still. Uh, he wanted to leave Brazil, come back to London and Fulham needed a winger. Uh, he's 34 years old now, 70 Brazil caps, over 300 games for the blue side down the roads. Uh, the <laughs> One year, one hated year, I think, at Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> but I found it funny, like he's, he's 34 years old, but he played for Shakhtar back when uh, in the Europa League tie in 2010. And that just seems like we've only got one player left, I think, from that squad. And that's Chris Smalling still playing. So how William's still going, it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you make of the deal? I think it's kind of, a, kind of a no risk. We needed a winger. He was there and available when it cost us nothing other than wages. So um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much, much more to add to that. You know, he's, we need another winger. He's there. He was free. He can even play the number 10 role if needed. Um and yeah, he's probably good experience to have run the run the team as well. Yeah, so a total spend, including add-ons, of a shade under sixty-one million. It was sixty point nine million on eleven players. Um, I think we've got good value in the window, but I guess the only result that matters is our position in the table come come May. Um, I just wanted to brush on some notable exits quickly whilst we uh, whilst we do this pod. Obviously, we saw the leave of Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool. Probably would have happened in January if we had an extra hour. And um, there was an initial £5 million rising to £7 million. It was a bit of another academy robbery, as they now have Carvalho and Elliot both starting Premier League games in midfield. Uh, and I think they got them both for less than we paid them for Harry Wilson. So how that's available. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how that's acceptable, I don't know. But um, yeah, your thoughts on Carvalho's move to Liverpool? It was um, written on the on the cards, wasn't it? And I think when we found out that his brother was actually his agent and he was pushing for it, it was always going to happen. And I was a bit annoyed at the time, but I think looking back now, you can't begrudge someone a move to go and play for one of the top teams in England. I just begrudge our hierarchy for letting him go for, for pennies. Yeah, and just on that quickly, I mean, I think we've seen now that Marco Silva's in charge and he's being able to work with some of these young players. He mentioned that it was just he was in, wasn't in in time to sort sort out the Carvalho situation. But we've seen sort of Stansfield sign new deals, Oli O'Neill, uh, Francois. There's a handful of young academy players that are now signing longer term contracts. So hopefully that's now the case, and we've said goodbye to seeing letting them go for nothing. Um, <laughs> Jean-Michel Serri was uh, released. I think it was surprising to most. Um, and Cyrus Christie as well, I put in brackets because they've both joined Hull, um, who are rebuilding after getting new owners. Um, they're currently 12th. 
But I mean, hopefully we see Seri get another promotion. But yeah, what did you think of that at the time? I think more Seri than Christie. Yeah, I was slightly disappointed to see Seri go because I think he's one of those that we we signed in our first season back that never sort of lived up to his potential, um, lived up to the fee anyway. But I think he came back and he did win over the fans. Um, and yeah, I do wish him all the best. I would rather have kept him for one more season because um, I do think he will offer more than Chalobah this season. Um, but look, <clears throat> good luck to him and I hope Hull do come up with him this season. Yeah, I think uh, it was. it's one of the great comeback stories of a player that was much maligned in his first year and then left a bit of a hero at the end. Um, Alfie Mawson was released uh, and rejoined Wickham Wanderers, who he played for in his younger years. He's still only 28 years old, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, he struggled with injury at Fulham after signing for 20 mil. Um, it was one of those shockers of the first <laughs> the first promotion season. But yeah, what did you think about that and his move dropping into League One ultimately? Well, he's a well-known Chelsea fan, so I'm glad to get rid. No, but in all seriousness, um, I think he's someone that was unlucky with injuries. He looked a really good player at Swansea. He looked to have a big future ahead of him, which is why we end up spending the money on him. Um, and at the time, I thought it was a good good bit of business. But I think injuries plagued him, and I think that's he's going to look back on his career and probably never fulfilled his potential because of injuries. Yeah, you think what could have been, um, even just at Fulham. Um, yeah, we'll try exactly. not to row over this one, but Andre Frank Zambogisa, <laughs> his loan to Napoli was made permanent for £15 million. It was a good moneymaker for us. I think we really needed that this summer, especially when you consider we only spent £60 mil. Um, so getting a lump sum of 15 was quite useful. I mean, let's talk very, very quickly about the uh, about the Anguissa season. Yeah, I feel like sending a, a, an apology card to, to Napoli and saying, sorry, we've got we've robbed you of 15 million. Um, I would have got rid of him for nothing. But the fact you've got 15 million for Anguisa, whoever pulled that one out of the bag deserves a massive drink because they've done that's fantastic business, getting anything for him, but let alone 15 million. So well done, Fuller. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave it there. I like old sandpaper. <laughs> I'm not going to contest. Um, Michael Hector released he's yet to get a new club which I found a bit surprising I don't know whether it's a salary thing maybe he wants a London move what do you feel about that I feel like a championship team should be snapping him up immediately right yeah someone like QPR or you know someone of that sort of size that stature should definitely snap him up because that season we come up through the playoffs he was phenomenal he can pass the ball, he can defend. I remember his block away at Cardiff in the semi-finals of the playoffs. Yeah, unbelievable. One of the best clearances I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I do hope he gets a club soon because he seemed to be well-liked in the club. So, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, I just wanted to roll through quickly. We lost a couple of academy players in the summer as well. Jerome Apoku uh, was released. He joined Aruka in the Portuguese top division. He's currently their starting centre-back, which, you know, is pretty cool. If you're not going to play in the Premier League, that's kind of my dream of it, being a, a footballer. If you're not going to play top level, I'll just go and enjoy a bit of Portugal. <laughs> go live in the sun. Let's go travel the world a bit. It's good on it. <laughs> uh, Michael Olakigbe also joins Brentford for an undisclosed fee. Uh, I've, I've seen it reported as 500 grand with some sell-on clauses, but... Um, He's an excellent young talent. He was really bright for our under-18s. He scored 11 in 23 uh, under-18 Premier League games last season. It was a big get for Brentford. I think that's a name to remember. Um, and that sell-on clause might make us a few quid. 
Yeah, and I think once Brentford do get relegated and we're back in the we stay in the Premier League, he'll come back to Fulham within a couple of years. Yeah, uh, so I'm conscious of uh, time. So I'll reel through the list of uh, loan exits we have at the moment. We'll just highlight and talk very quickly about anything. Uh, so Sonny Hilton's on loan at Carlisle. Ty Ashby-Hammond is on loan at Stevenage. Stephen Sessignon's at Cholton for the season. Uh, Kieran Bowie's at Northampton down in League Two. Luca Ashby-Hammond is at Aldershot. Jonathan Page at Farnborough. Uh, John Pierre Tiehi is at Hamilton Academical. He actually scored his first goal at the weekend. Uh, Rodrigo Muniz at Middlesbrough, who plays Sunderland uh, on Monday night tonight, as we were recording. Uh, Idris Odetayu is on loan at Maidenhead until January. He was obviously involved with the first team in the summer in Portugal. Joe Bryan's at Nice. Paolo Gazzaniga's at Girona. Sylvester Jasper's at Bristol Rovers. Terence Congola moved to Le Havre. Tyrese Francois moved to Gorica at Partner Club and Jay Stansfield at Exeter. Quick thoughts on any of those, Alan? Uh, I think Idris Odeteo, when I saw him in uh, in Portugal, the, the Portuguese friendlies, he looks to be a real player. I'm excited to see him and see how well he can progress in, a, in the next couple of years. Yeah, for me, uh, I think Muniz at Middlesbrough, interesting to see how he plays. Uh, Stansfield at Exeter as well, it's going to be a big move for him, playing with men, obviously he's a Excellent finisher. And Kieran Bowie's had a really nice start at Northampton. So it'd be interesting to see how these players progress over the year. But I think that just about does it for the uh, transfer window roundup. Um, I have been Frankie Taylor, Alan Jewett. Thank you for joining me to go through all of this. Um, And this is the Green Pole podcast.